You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Saul had been forgiven. Saul had been saved. Saul had been transformed. Jesus told Ananias that Saul is, and everybody say it, under new management. And that's a great place to cheer. Yeah, Saul is under new management. Something happens when we surrender to Christ. Something happens when we put our faith in Him. Pastor Dion tells us today that Saul was under new management. The old Saul would kill and imprison Christians, but the new Saul was a new man. He would go on to be beaten and imprisoned himself for following Christ and refusing to be quiet about it. But how about you? Are you headed down the wrong path? Is it time for you to turn over management of your life to someone new? Turn to Jesus and give Him your life. He'll take it and make something great, something that you'd never expect. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts chapter 9 with today's edition of The Simple Truth. The enemy might be strong, but the Lord is stronger. Everybody said, how loud is what? It's stronger. In fact, listen to this Old Testament passage in Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident, for He will conceal me then when trouble comes. He will hide me in His sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Isn't that awesome? The enemy might be strong, but the Lord is stronger and He knows how to defend His people. And then there's Psalm 138, verse 7. Though I am surrounded by troubles, You will bring me safely through them. You will clench your fist against my angry enemies. Your power will save me. I like it. I like it a lot. So Saul the hunter had become the hunted. The Lord is defending his movement and his people, his family. I am sure that Saul, when he saw the light, when the the appearance happened and the voice boomed, Saul had a pretty good idea who was wrapped in that radiant light. But he figured that he would make sure. Who who, 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 who are you, Lord? And, And I'm sure... Saul was probably saying under his breath, don't say Jesus, don't say Jesus, don't say Jesus. But the answer thundered. I'm Jesus way, right? Everybody say, ay caramba. (laughs) But listen, guys. Jesus wasn't there to give Saul a beat down. He was there to turn Saul around. 
I'm going to say it again. Jesus wasn't there to give Saul a beat down. He was there to turn Saul around. Jesus asked Saul why he was kicking against the goads. In other words, why are, why are you kicking against conviction? Jesus was asking Saul why he was fighting him off. Jesus is saying, why are you kicking and fighting against me? Apparently, Jesus had been calling Saul, had been wooing Saul, had been drawing Saul to come to him. But just like many of us, Saul was a burro. Look at your neighbor and say, he's a stubborn mule. Look at him and say, stubborn mule. Jesus had been wooing him, had been calling him, had, had been drawing him. But Saul was refusing, resisting, rebelling. Jesus had been wrestling with Saul spirit to spirit and heart to heart. Every Christian that Saul saw would remind him of Jesus and this draw. Every message that Saul heard condemned him. In fact, David in the Old Testament called this being under the heavy hand of God. Have you ever been there? The conviction, you just can't get away from it. Everywhere you look, Jesus is there. Everywhere you try to hide, Jesus is there. No wonder Saul was determined to annihilate the Christians. Annihilate the Christians and relieve the conviction. Here's a thought, though. Those we might consider the most unlikely to surrender to Christ are sometimes the most likely. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes, all, you know, those that we consider the most unlikely to surrender to Christ are sometimes the most likely. You see, sometimes all we see is a cold heart angry, mean person that, that we just want to get away from. But Jesus sees a person that He is kneading like clay, softening. I'm going to wear you down. I'm going to make you see. I'm going to get to you. You'll give in to me. I'm going to start a fire. You're going to feel the heat. I'm going to burn for you. You're going to melt for me. So come on, come on, give in to me. <sighs> Saul had been fighting Jesus. But in this moment, in this moment, he surrendered. Lord, what do you want me to do? Wow. Sometimes we need a little pressure or coercion to concede, to surrender, to give in, don't we? Look at your neighbor and say, you probably know what he's talking about. Just look at him and say that. Sometimes we need, like Saul, a little pressure or coercion to concede. Like Jacob. Jacob stole, right after he stole his brother's birthright blessing, he ran. 
And he ran all day. And finally, towards the evening, he came to a place called Bethel. The name means the house of bread. And there he fell asleep on a rock, Jacob did. And he had an amazing dream. A ladder that descended from heaven. And angels were going up and down the ladder in this place called the house of bread. God made it evident to Jacob that he wanted Jacob to stay there. But like Forrest Gump, Jacob kept running. Some 20 years later, God caught up with Jacob. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when God comes for you, right? Jacob tried to resist arrest. He tried to resist the Lord. He wrestled with the angel of the Lord until the angel of the Lord injured Jacob's hip. Everybody say, ouch! See, when the Lord uses a submission hold, it's better to just surrender. Jacob finally did surrender. And his life was never better. You can read a story in Genesis. Another bad boy was Jonah. Everybody say his name. Jonah. God sent Jonah to preach salvation to the Assyrians in Nineveh. Jonah rebelled. They don't deserve salvation, God. Jonah hopped on the first ship headed in the opposite direction of Nineveh. God caught up to Jonah. We could sing that tune again. Bad boys, bad boys, right? God caught up to Jonah. A storm brewed. A situation occurred. Everybody on the ship, all of the mariners, started trying to figure out why this was happening. It wasn't the season for this kind of storm. And they realized this is something supernatural. Somebody's on this boat that shouldn't be on it. They made everybody draw straws. And Jonah came up with a short stick. Ha-ha! God found him out. God knows where he's at. They threw Jonah overboard. They made him walk the plank into an angry ocean. And it was there that he surrendered to God between the gulps. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Just when you think there's no way for God to save him, the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah and preserve him for three days. He emerged a changed man with a great message. He surrendered. Saul wasn't swallowed by a great fish, but like Jonah, he was in the dark for three days and emerged transformed. Let's read it, verse 8, as we continue. Then Saul arose from the ground after that you know, interaction with Jesus. And when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. He was blind. But they led him by the hand and brought him to, into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight. And neither ate nor drank, nor there was a certain... Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias... And he said, Here I am, Lord... 
So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to a street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he's a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came, He has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow, guys. There's no place Jesus won't go, and no person Jesus won't touch. Right? But we Christians, on the other hand, have our reservations. I don't know if I want to touch that person. See, the Lord appeared to a disciple in Damascus, a person of the way, named Ananias. Jesus came to Ananias and said, Oye, way. No, he didn't say that. But anyhow, it was close. Jesus said, I have someone who needs some love. Ananias excitedly jotted down the address. But when he heard the name Saul of Tarsus, his heart started to close. Ananias' blood type was probably B negative. Everybody, everybody go like this. He's not, he don't want to go. No, Ananias is saying, no way. Ananias felt like he should inform Jesus about this guy, Saul. Ananias says, I I know you have probably been pretty busy up there in heaven, Jesus, and, and haven't had a chance to catch up on Fox News, but this guy, Saul, is a pretty bad hombre, if you know what I'm saying. And that's when Jesus informed Ananias that Saul wasn't the same guy. Everybody say, Saul had been forgiven. Saul had been saved. Saul had been transformed. Jesus told Ananias that Saul is, and everybody say it, under new management. And that's a great place to cheer. Yeah, Saul is under new management. Something happens when we surrender to Christ. Something happens when we put our faith in Him. Something happens internally. John chapter 1 and verse 12 says, read it with me. But to all who believed and accepted Jesus, He gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. And here's another one. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Read it with me. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. 
That's the message Ananias got about Saul. You might have known that guy, but he's not that guy anymore. If you've ever wondered if God or Jesus was holding your sins against you, still had the list, still was holding on to them, here's a good way to understand and know, hey, He doesn't see them anymore. They have been washed away. They have been separated from you as far as the east is from the west. And here's the other verse. He has buried them in the deepest, darkest recesses of the ocean, never to be remembered or recalled doesn't look at you as an ex-sinner. Doesn't look at you at the old person you were. Doesn't even consider it. All he sees is the new that he has done. I love it. Listen. Nature forms us. Sin deforms us. Schools inform us. Rehabs reform us. But only Christ can transform us. Only Christ. Only Jesus can turn haters into lovers. Only Jesus can turn jerks into jewels. Only Jesus can turn sinners into saints. Only Jesus can turn monsters into ministers. Only Jesus. Everybody said what? Only Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, you better believe it. Look at me. Just look at him and tell him, look at me. We understand it. But at the moment when Saul, Saul didn't understand forgiveness. All he knew is that the Lord didn't kill him. All he knew is the Lord hadn't hammered him. All he knew is he's sitting in the dark with you know, his retinas you know, burned and he can't see. He doesn't know anything about forgiveness. Saul had no idea about this forgiveness and transformation. He was sitting in the darkness with his retinas burned, just waiting for the other shoe to drop. See, Saul knew what he had done. Saul knew what he had deserved. Guilt and condemnation, I'm sure, was eating him up. All that he had done, the Christians he had killed, this Jesus that he had persecuted. But then, the sweet sound of God's forgiveness and grace erupted. Ananias came into the room and called him Brother Saul. Everybody said, what? Brother Those two words, Brother Saul, spoke volumes. He was forgiven. He was loved. He was wanted. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit. God didn't take something away from him. God gave him something. A transformed life. And then filled him. On that day, Saul became this. Jesus' number one follower. Say it out loud. What? Number one follower. He knew what he deserved. He knew what he should get. He knew what he had done. But forgiveness erupted. It was his first taste of forgiveness. His first taste of redemption. Brother Saul, 
Brother? Brother? He became Jesus' number one follower. What about you? Has Jesus touched you? Transformed you? Have you become Jesus' number one follower? If you haven't, today is the best day to make that decision. Maybe you've been wrestling, running, ignoring, or fighting the pull, the draw the Lord has been wooing you with. You can continue. I promise it won't end. Because God is relentless that way. God is not willing for any to perish, but that all come to salvation. So He will pursue us to the very end. Jacob, Jonah, they had wonderful lives. Saul had a wonderful life when he surrendered. Every one of the people around you, they've all done the same thing. We're all put our pants on one leg at a time the same way. We're all stubborn, but at one point, we said, I will fight no more. I surrender. And then, we feel the sweet kiss of forgiveness. The shame, the guilt, all those things we did before are gone. If that's you, you're saying, that's what I want for my life. Would you raise your hand and say, that's me. Beautiful. Let's pray out loud together. Father, I know I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. I've ignored You. I've run from You. I've even fought You. But today, today I surrender. I repent for my sin and I turn to You. I confess You as my Savior and my Lord. Come into my life. Transform me. Fill me. Forgive me. Change me. I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. An encounter with the Savior makes all the difference, doesn't it? I've preached a sermon, but there's someone behind the sermon that makes it real. His name is Jesus. He resurrected from the dead to be able to make this message real. If you prayed that prayer, something erupted on the inside. And God's grace and love will come flooding in. Just let it happen. Let God wash you clean. Embrace it. As we cling to the simple We're so glad that you joined us today for The Simple Truth, a ministry of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Pastor Dion Cordova has been sharing from the Book of Acts, a book that gives us an insider's peek into the first 30 years of the church. From persecution to miracles, this book truly has it all. 
What an inspiring narrative, watching how disciples like Peter go from denying Jesus to losing his life for Jesus. Luke, the writer of Acts, gives us a perspective that emphasizes life change. He writes, And every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. Jesus didn't just come to change the system. He came to change people. If what you heard today has impacted you, we would love to hear about it and pray for you too. You're more than welcome to give us a call at 505-753-4363. Again, 505-753-4363. We'd like to encourage you to get involved in a local church as well. This will be a place that you can ask questions, learn more about Jesus, and find support as you grow in your faith. Are you in the Española area? If so, we would love for you to come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. We meet on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. You can find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. That's tmcalvary.com. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but we want to thank you for tuning in. We hope you'll join us again next time for more from the book of Acts right here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together.